Hey guys, welcome to my podcast. I am Dr. Pelumi Olawale. Today we are going to be looking at the very interesting subject matter of spirituality and psychology. Um, we're going to be talking about transpersonal psychology specifically. And today we have a very special guest with us. Um, he's an ordained minister of religion. Um, he's a professional coach and psychologist with a special interest in transpersonal psychology. He's also a university lecturer. He's a very qualified individual. So we're going to be talking to him and um, he's got a lot of knowledge to share. But first, we're going to go to our next segment, which I'm calling Psychology News of the Week. So the psychology news of this week actually comes um, from a study that was published in 2011 um, by uh, Nancy Rothbard and Stephanie Wilk. Um, now, what this research basically showed is that the mood you wake up with can stay with you for the rest of the day. So in their research, what they did was they observed a group of customer service representatives in an insurance company, right? Um, and it was an insurance company's call center over several, several weeks. And what they found was that um, the customer service representatives um, uh, varied from day to day in their start of the day mood, so how, how they were feeling in the morning, um, but that those who started out each day happy or calm usually stayed that way throughout the day. Interesting. And what, what they also found was that interacting with customers tended to further enhance their mood. Now, on the other hand, the employees who started the day in a terrible mood didn't really climb out of it and actually felt even worse by the end of the day. Now, that, and that, that is even after interacting with positive customers. And what they also found was that um, they, they discovered something, which is interesting. I mean, I've heard this phrase used before, but they said they discovered something called you know, sort of misery loves company syndrome interesting use of uh, the word uh, syndrome um, but basically they found out that some customer service representatives who felt badly at the beginning of the day felt less badly after interacting with customers who were also in a bad mood and that's very interesting um, and and how they interpreted that was that when the customer representatives, sorry, customer service representatives were um, were confronted by a customer who was in a bad mood, they realized that actually, for you know, their own lives were not so bad after all. So in a way, they felt better about themselves. Now it's an interesting piece of research. Um, I guess it might seem obvious, but quite a lot of research tends to seem obvious after you know they've published their findings. But basically, if you wake up on a bad day. Um, or if you wake up, sorry, with a bad mood, you're probably more likely to feel, you know, bad in mood later on in the day. Now, there are some things you can do if you want to influence your mood in the morning. Um, I mean, one of the things that, you know, I say to people is try not to, um, you know, 
read bad news first of all first thing in the morning it's it's not a good idea that's probably going to influence you know your mood if you're reading if you pick up your mobile phone and then you're reading uh you know negative news about bad things happening in the world yeah it's not going to help your mood um so if you can try to um uh, try to read some positive uh you know message um and also another thing you can you can do in addition to that is to write down at least three things that you are proud of three things that you are proud of in your life or just three positive things about your life and thinking or writing things like that down can just help to shape um uh you know the the, the nature of your thoughts so certainly for that part of your morning and as you can see from that research it can influence um your mood for the rest of the day okay great so that is the psychology news of the week on to the next segment so um today um i'm very uh honored to have um our guest here with us um i've known him for a while now and you know we've had you know several interesting conversations and i'm and i'm really you know, glad to have him on on this podcast. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna allow um, him to introduce himself, um, and and you'll probably see why. Because you know, he, he's a he's a very knowledgeable individual, um, and you know, like I said, you know, we always have some very interesting conversations. So, um, please, can you know, it's nice to have you. Uh, you know, please do introduce yourself. <laughs> oh, thank you for this opportunity uh, to come on board on this platform. Uh, it's a great privilege. Uh, my name is Oluwafemi Emmanuel Esson. I'm originally uh, from Nigeria, my country of birth, uh, born precisely uh, in Elisha. And uh, my first uh, professional uh, career identity is that I'm an ordained minister of religion with the Pentecostal faith. Uh, also, I'm also a professional coaching psychologist for the past seven years with speciality in transpersonal psychology and coaching and mentoring in education. And uh, I'm also a qualified secondary school teacher, further education teacher, and a university lecturer uh, with speciality in health and social care, uh, teacher education, and triple science. Thank you. Wow. Wow, thank you. Now you can see why I had to allow him to introduce himself. That's quite that's quite a CV. Um and you know, like I said, thank you so much for okay. um for joining joining us today on this podcast. Um so you know, like like I said, we've had we've had lots of you know quite interesting conversations before. Um, you know, but and and like you said, you know, you you are you know you you're doing quite a lot of things. And I remember one of the things I think of is actually, gosh, you know, how much you're doing and how you are able to fit it all in. Um, you know, how do you, I guess, you know, I'm wondering, how do you find the time to fit, you know, you, you know, to fit all the things that you've done in, but also, you know, just, you know, what drives you, what has sort of driven you to, 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 like I said, to do so much and you are still doing quite a lot. What, what, what would you say sort of drives you? Uh, I think for me, uh, the game changer was an event that happened in 1997. Uh, when I was in medical yeah. school at College of Medicine, University of Badon, Nigeria, precisely. Uh, and I was living yeah. in the Hall of Residence called uh, Inambi Azikwe Hall. So I came in one evening and I saw a book on 
on, on the table, and it was a book written by uh, late Dr. Miles Moreau, titled In Pursuit of Purpose. And yeah, yeah. That was, that was it for me. And I've been a Christian with the experience of Holy Spirit baptism since 1985, at the age of 11, going to 12. And so that was 1997, and I read the book In Pursuit of Purpose. I only read two chapters. And that actually led me to go and pray specifically to ask God for, who am I? Who am I here? What can I do? Mm-hmm. These are fundamental questions uh, that I was exposed to. And that was when I had an epiphany encounter with the person of the Holy Spirit that took me yeah. to the event that led to my birth. That before I was born, my mother was given a prophetic word that is going to have a son that is a prophet. And yeah. And that was when the sense of, of destiny, the sense of purpose, uh, proud to that, I was always being involved in church activity. You know, I was the president of my secondary school fellowship, the Palais Bible Church in Nevada, Nigeria. And I, I, I came to University uh, College of Medicine with that same fire. Uh, but that very event in 1997, December, was, it, was a game changer for me. And that was when yeah. I, I received uh, a clear-cut vision redirection concerning my future. And that was when the Lord dropped the seed of me coming over to England as a missionary in my heart. And so I will say that what drives me is passion to fulfill destiny. That is the key. Wow. Mm. Wow. So passion to fulfill destiny. And it's interesting that, you know, obviously you, it's clear that you had quite a religious, you know, if it's fair to, you know, to use that term, religious sort of back, background. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that that has influenced the decision, you, you know, some of the, well, the majority seems of the decisions that, that you made. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and now you are in transpersonal psychology. It's led to you um, doing transpersonal psychology. Mm-hmm. But can, can you just, just try to just say a little bit about how, how that happened? How did you come from that, you know, that sort of background and okay. ended up in transpersonal psychology what's what's the what's the link oh thank you so much for that question uh when i left uh, uh in year 2000 uh, uh three years after the encounter i had in 1997 so i, I did my first preclinical examination uh called mbbs part one in anatomy physiology and biochemistry so in year 2000 so which i passed then i cross over to clinicals to spend the next uh, mm. three years and that was when I have another. I had another epiphany and encounter uh, with the person of Jesus Christ. And then in this in this epiphany encounter, he specifically told me that he's sending me to Europe as an apostle. Uh, and my my field specifically said, I'm sending you to raise missionaries from the academic community. And that was when the seed was sown in terms of uh, career direction, along mm. with my vocational calling. So for me, uh, being a lecturer and being an academic, uh, it's a vocational calling that has to do with divine call. Uh, yeah. So for, uh, in line with that and with a quest to constantly improve my pastoral care delivery, uh, I was having some difficulties in understanding church members, you know, coming from a medical background, then moving to study theology. Uh, I was ordained as, as a minister of religion on the 22nd of August, year 2002. And so when I started working with the church people, and I found out that most of the things they come to discuss with me for prayer are most things that are 
on that tone by psychosomatic influences. Uh, what do I mean by that? In terms of when they explain things with a, a, with a spiritual framework, a uh, thing that has to do with the psyche uh, and has to do with the influence of the mind on the body. <clears throat> and so, and it was frustrating for me to explain to them that not all these things have spiritual undertone, uh, but there's a need for them to, to, to use another lens to, to interpret their mystical experiences. And that was when, mm. in, 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 in that frustration, was what led me to go and I was praying and then they lost it to me as well, study psychology. And so that's what led me to go and study coaching psychology at the University of East London. And while proud to that time, I started uh, a coaching approach. Uh, while I spent two years and I was coaching Christians uh, using the coaching framework for spiritual growth uh, within the Christian Babita philosophy. And so that was when <clears throat> the seed of transpersonal psychology was sown. And I remember when I wanted to start uh, preparing for my final dissertation. So I decided to explore spirituality and coaching. And in that quest was when I came across the field of transpersonal psychology. And that was uh, uh, nine, years, uh, nine years ago. Yes, nine years ago specifically. So I came across this field of transpersonal psychology, which uh, its foundational philosophical view states that we are spirit beings trying to have mm. a physical experience. And that was a fundamental comparison to my biblical philosophy that, agree, that clearly stated that we are created as spirit in the image of God. So that was, yes. that was the origin of that. Wow. That's, that's a very interesting, um, you know, description there. You know, um, you know we, are, we are spirit beings. If I heard correctly, we are spirit beings but having a physical experience. That was, yes. that, that was how you put it, right? Yes. It's, it's, it's very interesting. And, you know, just going back to what you said about, um, you know, not all things have a spiritual undertone. I mean, I, I personally, I've grown up as well in, in, a, in, a, in a Christian religious, um, you know, environment. And I've been around people that a lot of things are just over-spiritualized, you know, mm -hmm. whether it's you have a headache or it's, it's the devil that's chasing you. That's why you have a headache. Or, you know, or, okay, let's, if in regards to mental health, you know, you're depressed, you're anxious, and, and it's interpreted as, um, as, as spiritual, uh, you know, matters. But, it, and it's interesting, you know, what you said about, you know, like I said, the, the, the transpersonal psychology and, and the link between, you know, these ideas, you know, the spirit um, realm and, and the physical realm. So it's not, I mean, it sounds like it's it's not dismissing either, and it's trying to bridge. It's trying to bridge the two concepts because you know th there is, you know, th there is some reality to to that. There is some reality to to the spirit idea. Um, so I guess my, my my next question is, you know, how do how do we start to apply this idea of transpersonal psychology to you know real world context you know how do we so somebody let's say somebody saying look i've been i've been depressed for the last um 10 years you know chronic depression i mean i see people like that all the time and you know they've come to you how how do you help them think about their 
their difficulty from a transpersonal psychology perspective and how <coughs> we can help them? Oh, thank you for that uh, question. Uh, if, in your question, you, you mentioned two, two, uh, two constructs. You talk about real-world context, and you also yeah. use the word reality, which I wrote it down in my paper here. And <clears throat> I want to start approaching uh, the, whole, the whole field of transpersonal psychology from the construct of uh, reality. And uh, <clears throat> talking about reality, uh, one cannot but go to the ontological uh, foundation of, of, your, of your positioning, uh, which is a philosophical right. approach in terms of uh, what is your philosophy of reality and, uh, and, um, and, and your philosophy of existence. So in, in that vein, uh, I would say that uh, uh, it, is, it is very, very uh, <clears throat> interesting to, to look at reality uh, from different philosophical perspective. And right. yes. for me, uh, being a transpersonal psychologist, uh, reality uh, for us is more of a subjective approach in terms of uh, there is a subjective reality and there is an objective reality. And so right. approaching, approaching from that uh, philosophical point of view, uh, reality itself has to do with identity when it comes to transpersonal philosophy. Uh, and that identity has to do with a theory of self that it's called uh, the psychological uh, theory of transpersonal self. So, uh, transpersonal self, in the sense that there is a self that goes beyond physical progletude. So, there's a self that goes beyond uh, emotions. There's a self that goes beyond uh, natural sensations that can be assessed through our sensory apparatus within the matrix of our physical existence. And so, when we look at the concept of self beyond the persona, beyond the natural probitude, beyond the physical existence. So you are talking about reality that is subjective. And hmm. reality that is subjective has to do with a cognitive approach and, and a sense of being that identify with that subjectiveness. Uh, and the problem with that existence is the issue of materialism and the material perspective of our existence. So a lot of individuals are in thought and, and they are in touch with their materialistic identity. And this has nothing to do with religious beliefs. We are talking about mm. humanity in touch with their transpersonal self, which is a subjective reality of the existence of the inner self. So that is where the problem lies. How many of humanity are in touch with their subjective self? They are in touch with their inner self, their inner world, their inner existence. So this is the starting point of transpersonal approach. Wow. There's a lot there. There's a, there's a, there's a lot there. And I think, you know, what just sort of stood out to me then, you know, the final bit of what you were just saying is how that a, lot of, a lot of people are not in touch with their inner self. Yeah, yeah. So how do, how do people start, you know, getting in touch um, with their inner self? So someone's saying, okay, fine, how, wh what steps do I need to take? What, what would you say to that? 
Yeah, uh, thank you for that question. Uh, the inner self uh, has always been there. And there are a lot of uh, traditional religious philosophy that define that. But that is not the goal of this approach. Uh, because transpersonal concept of self is a non-religious concept of spirituality uh, that, <clears throat> that stand alone in terms of who am I? Am I my career? Am I my clothes? Am I my shoes? Am I my physical mm. body? Who am I? So we talk about the identity of self that is attached to external realities. So you see that the external realities. So who am I? I'm a doctor. That's what you do. That's your career. Who am mm. I? I'm a husband. That's your physical identity. That is your that is a family life identity. So you can see that the, the theory of contextual self comes into that. You can always find out the self is always in the contextual matrix. So, for example, you, you are a father, you are a doctor, and you are a husband. So that is yourself in different contexts. However, the transpersonal self is always constant. Yeah. And it, That's it, very interesting. Yeah. It, Sorry, oh, go on. Yeah. Yeah. The transpersonal self is always constant. The transpersonal self always constant, and it exists beyond time and space. So is the self that is immaterial, is the self that is not attached to any materialistic identity. Yes. And how do you come in touch with that? It's through facilitating an atmosphere of awareness. And this is where transpersonal coaching and intervention comes in. You know, as a transpersonal coach or therapist, my job is to work with the client through their belief system about their self as the resources to facilitate mm. an awareness for them to be in touch with the ever-present transpersonal self. Yes. That's very interesting. So it, it's, it's, it's about, and thank you for, you know, you know for, for explaining that because I think, you know, these are these are quite sort of complex ideas and people don't always, it's not always it's easy to understand. But, you know, I was just making notes there and, and you said it's about help helping people understand also what they believe. Yeah. Well, understand how, you know, the belief they have about themselves mm-hmm. and who, who am I? Who, who are they? You know, what, what is what is their purpose? What am I about? What is, you know, what is my life about? And trying to connect with something that transcends just you know what they can see and 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 feel but something that is a lot more um uh eternal mm-hmm. yeah and it's it's very it's it's a very uh you know interesting um you know subject um so i, I mean one of one of the questions i also had you know was in relation to how applying this so this idea of inner self and and i think you touched on it as well but i just wanted wondered if you can if you can go back over it how this idea of um inner self um how it might differ culturally so i mean you know i guess what i'm thinking of is um you know coming from nigeria i know that um not just in nigeria in africa sometimes you know we have uh sort of uh, an identity that is often 
I guess, sort of, you know, based on our, you know, our group, you know, there's a sort of we're collective societies, mm -hmm. you know, in, in most parts of Africa mm -hmm. compared to Europe, where, you know, you have a lot more individualized, uh, you know, sort of identities. People see themselves less in the context of their groups. Like, but whereas, like I said, in, in Africa, I know where, where I come from, where we come from, I know that that tends to be more of how people view themselves. So does this approach, how you would, you know, work with somebody, will it be different if you were, you know, say in Africa or if you were anywhere in the world, will you have to adjust it? Oh, thank you for that question. I remember at the beginning of this discussion, I said the fundamental ideology behind uh, transpersonal psychology is coining this phrase that we are spirit, spirit beings trying to have a physical experience. And uh, a spirit being has no limitation. A spirit being has no geographical limitation because a spirit being is beyond time and space. Yes. Uh, and that is the fundamental aspect of transpersonal identity, which simply says you are a spirit. You are a spirit. And to assess that is to come into consciousness of that, that spiritual identity aspect of your life, regardless of your yes. religion, regardless of your, of your religion, your geography, your race, your color. It is a universal identity. We are right. all spirits. And that is the starting point. So how do I connect okay. with my spirit self? That's the question. Yeah. How it's do I very... connect with my spirit yeah. self? In a mm. non-religious pathway, <laughs> so I mean that is the goal. One of the goals of personal coaching approach. Yes. How do I connect with my spirit self? Yes. And 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 for for the skeptics out there, for those people who are saying, well, you know, how do you know that I, I am. I am nothing more than just flesh and blood, you know, that how do you know that I have a spirit self? Because, you know, if we're saying that this approach is, is um, again, based on, on that, on that idea being true, how, you know, what is your response to those people? You know, what is the <coughs> argument Sorry, for, you know, for proving or yeah, you know, yeah. For proving that, yeah, there is this, there is a spirit self. Yes. Uh, uh, we are going to look at that from the concept of uh, epistemology, you know, uh, because uh, the the aspect of ontological idea of spirituality has to do with a subjective epistemology, and that is where you talk about your subjective reality. And the argument is that I cannot look at you objectively and deny your subjective experience. I'll come again. Hmm. I cannot look at you objectively and deny your subjective experience. So spirituality is a subjective reality that cannot be approached from an objective apparatus or using objective, positive, scientific approach. So spirituality is a dimension of consciousness that is assessed subjectively through our inner sense. Right. You know, that is a simplified version of exploring that. It's a consciousness approach assessed to subjective innocence. Yes. As long as every human being has a thought in their mind, can you prove your thoughts? 
Where does your thought come from? How can I deny what you are thinking? That's your inner world. That's your inner subjective yeah. reality. That is spirituality. That's, yeah. And, and that makes a lot of sense, you know, again, you know, this idea of can you prove your thought? It's, this has been, the, you know, one of the biggest um, uh, sort of questions and debates, um, you know, for a long time in this, you know, in the world of science, can we prove consciousness? How do we prove that we're conscious we can't we can't prove it but we know it we i know i'm conscious yes. <laughs> but i can't prove well, how, do, how do you know you. that you're conscious if i have put that question to you how do you explain to me that you are conscious yeah that and it, it's a it's a very subjective experience isn't it I, i'm Thank i you. know that i'm conscious because i can i understand and i feel and i like uh you know the fam famous phrase i i think therefore i am but you know, but beyond that, I, I guess I can't really prove to you objectively that I'm conscious because exactly. for you, and, know, maybe I'm a robot. And also, it's, I cannot look at you objectively and deny your subjective thought. Is it possible? No. That's it. So if someone comes around and says to you, there is nothing like spirit, spirituality, the question is, you've not expanded your consciousness to assess that dimension of reality. But it's there. Yes. Because it's a yes. fundamental part of your existence. Your inner reality, your subjective reality, your realm of thought and thinking. These are elements of spiritual construct of identity. Yes. Wow. It's very, very interesting. And and you. and you know, I think you know, thinking about it in that way, it, it makes a lot of sense. You know, it's not there are some things that we cannot always um, uh, you know, sort of I guess point prove in in this in the maybe uh i don't know in in the traditional sort of oh i can feel it i can see it type of way but it doesn't mean that it doesn't exist it doesn't mean that it's not real mm -hmm. and 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 so if you know but you know if we if we start dismissing things just because we can't touch and feel it then we're going to miss out on a lot of um you know a, a lot of information a lot of approaches such as this mm -hmm. you know this approach that you've just described to us mm -hmm. This is really interesting, you know, I, and I feel like we can we can go on, you know, talking about this. But, um, you know, just because of time, I think we might have to we might have to revisit this again. This is not going to be the last time, yeah, um, you know, you're, you're going to be on this podcast Thank where so we're definitely going to have to have you back um, and, and, you know, talking a lot more about about this subject. Um, but. You know, in, you know, just uh, if anybody wants to get in touch with you or, uh, you know, if anybody wants to uh, seek advice, how, how can people get in touch with you? How can people, uh, yeah, you know, seek more yeah, advice yeah. or you um, want to know more about this? Um, uh, currently, I'm a qualified uh, transpersonal uh, coach psychology with an MSc in coaching. And uh, also, I'm just uh, writing up, uh, finishing my thesis in a, uh, in a doctor, uh, in, a, in a professional doctorate in education. And uh, one of my goals is to introduce transpersonal education. That is, that is the project. How do we create a curriculum for transpersonal education? And uh, so that transpersonal skills, consciousness, awareness can be part of the curriculum from pre-nostry to the higher education. That is the vision. That's the goal. Because if we are able to teach our kids right there from the preschool about their transpersonal existence that we have a lot in terms of self-esteem yes. and self-worth and self-value 
and this will save us from a lot of uh, mental health issues approaching that. Uh, so yeah, I, I see. I work as a transpersonal coach, and I seek take over clients, and um, you know, so you can have my email, you know, and my phone number. So you don't you don't need to. You can do uh, transpersonal psychology from uh, virtual virtual means. So yeah. I'm hoping to I'm, I sit up client and also train. Uh, I'm into training as well, uh, training in transpersonal coaching, transpersonal psychology intervention, and therapeutic intervention uh, for for therapists that want to use the transpersonal perspective into their practice. Psychotherapies, uh, there's transpersonal psychotherapy, there's transpersonal counseling. So yeah, and and currently I'm also starting a transpersonal coaching uh, psychology research at the Salomon Institute of Applied Psychology. Uh, Tom Bridge under the University uh, Canterbury Christchurch University. Yeah, brilliant. Thank you very much. And I think what we'll probably do is we'll put your uh, your email um, attached to this. So if anyone wants to uh, contact you, they they can do so. Thank you so much Thanks once so much again for um, for being here and educating us on on this subject. And like I said, you know, we we'll very much like to have you again. Thank you. Um, and yeah, thank you so much. All right. You're more than welcome. If you like what you've heard today, please do share and subscribe to my podcast. Um, also, um, you can follow me on Twitter at drpel underscore therapy. That's D-R-P-E-L underscore therapy. Feel free to comment um, about the podcast. Um, send me a DM or even just to say hi. Okay. All right. Until next time, bye.